RST 3708, Analyzing Philosophy of Religion, Podcast 2. I see that my inbox is full of your assignment one submissions. Thank you. I will get to marking them over the weekend. Please remember that the main idea for assignment one is to encourage you to use the discussion forum on my UNISA. This is your space to talk to your classmates about topics related to the module. I do visit the forums once a week and make some suggestions, but I don't impose myself onto the space. I feel this should be your space to discuss topics amongst yourselves. In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about ancient philosophies of Greece, commonly known as antiquity. We'll be looking at unit 2 in tutorial letter 501. I'm not going to dwell on the content of the unit, namely the pre-Socratics, the Socratics, Plato and Aristotle, so much as provide historical and theoretical frameworks to help you enrich your understanding of the material. So let's first turn to the historical framework in much the same way as New Testament scholars presume that the Gospels of Matthew and Luke are based on Mark and documents that no longer ex are in existence called the Q source, which are this, known as the sayings of Jesus. Just like these non-existent documents today, we no longer have copies of the writings of the pre-Socratics. Most of our knowledge of the pre-Socratics comes from what is written about them by Plato, Aristotle and other fragments. The major hurdle in studying these philosophers, and indeed all early Greek culture, is that the Emperor Constantine made Christianity legal in the Roman Empire in 313 CE. Not only were Christians not to be persecuted anymore, the religion was to be protected by the Empire. Then, in 380 CE, what is now called AD, Emperor Theodosius I made Christianity not only the official religion of the empire, but also outlawed all other religions. As a result of this edict, known as the Edict of Thessalonica, there was wholesale destruction of literature and cultural artefacts from the pre-Christian age of antiquity. In the struggle to establish an orthodox universal Christian belief system, there was a long period where competing forms of Christianity were declared heresies and were violently suppressed. Pagan beliefs fell within the ambit of beliefs that were a threat to the empire's project to create a unified belief system for the empire. Unfortunately, the outlawing of diversity of thought and past cultures had a devastating effect of weakening the empire in terms of education, literacy and general cultural life. Plato's academy that had existed in different forms for over a thousand years was closed in 529 CE by the Emperor Justinian. Were it not for Islamic scholars and a few Christian, brave Christian monks, these valuable texts from Greek antiquity would have been lost to us. Nevertheless, in the 19th century, 
doxology scholars began studying strains of thought that had come down to us from antiquity. Thanks to them, also because now, today, we can talk about orthodox and orthodox understanding of Greek philosophy. What we are studying in this model is the orthodox approach to Greek philosophy. I will state now a theoretical framework for the study of Greek philosophy and indeed for the entire module. The development of orthodox Western philosophy follows two strands or themes, what can be called a holistic approach and an atomistic approach. We will return to these two ideas throughout the module and place each philosopher into one of the two categories. In a nutshell, holistic philosophy operates within a theoretical framework that looks at the whole system, it tends to view systems of ideas as operating as organisms as a whole. Plato is the prime example of a holistic philosopher. His whole system op uh, operates from core idea, the core idea of the theory of ideas. In fact, there's only real, they're the only real things. Everything else is just images of these realities. And ultimately, there's just one idea, the, the idea of the good. These kinds of holistic philosophers are also called realists because they believe in real abstract um, ideas. Holists tend to argue for a certain determinacy, meaning that the course of events is predetermined following these abstract notions. Atomists, on the other hand, argue that reality is made of small units or atoms. These small units combine and recombine with each other into different forms with a variety of characteristics. Atomists place more emphasis on causality because of the interaction between atoms and how these atoms shape the effects or different effects. Atomists place more emphasis on freedom of choice and agency. Aristotle is a good example of an atomist. He is less inclined to make categorical statements, particularly when it comes to ethics. Aristotle would rather say that each person's ethics must fathom itself out in relation to the individual character, finding the middle ground so that one can live a balanced life. Atomists are often called non-realists because they cannot fit into any one paradigm or system. They would argue that what we call reality is always changing and in process. So that is all for now. I will turn with another podcast next week. Please email me if you have any queries about the module's material. Ciao for now.